Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are, and it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. J.D. Vance says what everyone is thinking on illegal immigration, America does have a military problem, and yes, James Corden is a jerk and just got banned and then unbanned from Baltazar, the most overrated restaurant in New York City. This is Can't Cancel Rob Smith. What's going on, Problematics? We are here uh, yet again. Okay, so let's get right into this. Senator J.D. Vance, or excuse me, Senator, Senator, wow, I'm like, I'm, I'm jumping the gun here. Hopefully soon to be Senator uh, J.D. Vance. If you don't know who J.D. Vance is, I don't know how on earth you would be listening to this podcast. All right, uh, J.D. Vance is the Yale-educated uh, military veteran, wrote Hillbilly Elegy, this was a book that um, I read Hillbilly Elegy and, and I had JD on my podcast. If you guys are, are new problematics, um, look back into, I think I had JD on my podcast maybe like last year at some point in time. Uh, but JD wrote a book called Hillbilly Elegy, which was, it was a, a, a phenomenon 
in America. And I think the reason why it was such a phenomenon in America is because America doesn't really talk about white poverty all that much. So people are just shocked that there are poor white people. And for whatever reason, it was a cultural moment. Uh, Hillbilly Elegy was his memoir about growing up uh, in, in working class Ohio and, and, you know, his family struggled with addiction and hillbilly folks and like all of that other stuff. These are his words, by the way. I read the book. Interesting book. Uh, nothing groundbreaking. I'm from Ohio like J.D. Vance. Um, poor and working class white people are not, you know, a, a surprise to me. I grew up <laughs> poor and working class. So there were white people, there were black people, there were whoever. But it was a sensation among the mainstream media. You know, J.D. Vance was a toast of the town. Uh, they tried to turn him into something of a, a, a Trump whisperer in that era, right? Um, but the interesting thing about J.D. Vance was that J.D. Vance did not want to play these people's game. Uh, the left will love you, and, and they loved him as long as he parroted what they wanted him to say. Uh, he could have had the MSNBC contributorships. You know, they could have ran him as a Democrat, all this other stuff. But J.D. Vance is a Republican. J.D. Vance has conservative values. And as soon as J.D. Vance decided to run for Senate as a Republican in Ohio, that was when the ire of the left started coming out. So obviously they hate him. But anyway, that was just an intro. I wanted to set the stage. So J.D. Vance is running for Senate in Ohio against Tim Ryan, who has done pretty much nothing but sit in Congress for the past 20 years. Did nothing really consequential there. He's one of those, he's one of the people that we really need to root out of politics. He's one of those forever politicians, right, who hasn't really done much else uh, besides sit in elected office. And, you know, they don't do a whole, a whole lot. And for these people who've never really done a whole lot, it, now he's bored with congressmen, so now he wants to become a senator, right? So J.D. Vance is running against him. Uh, J.D. Vance is doing a very good job running against Tim Ryan. Uh, you, you know, one could argue that uh, a cardboard box could do a good job running against Tim Ryan because he's just so fundamentally empty. Um, and he talks, he speaks in talking points and he is just such a democratic machine politician, but JD Vance is, is doing very well against him. And, and, you know, this moment at the debate that they had a couple of nights back, this, this may be the KO. I want you to listen to this. So this was a conversation about illegal immigration uh, a, a very heated uh, part of this debate. And I want you to listen to this because, you know, in this moment, J.D. Vance verbalizes so eloquently what most Americans really do truly think about this illegal immigration issue. Thank you, we have a. So the, we have a. Hold on, JD. Stop no, this is me. this is disgusting. I, I'd like to get. Here's exactly what happens when the media and people like Tim Ryan accuse me of engaging the great great replacement theory. I'll tell you're you exactly. Peddling it. I'll you're tell you exactly what happens, Tim. What happens is that my own children, my biracial children, get attacked by scumbags online and in person because you are so desperate for political power that you'll accuse me, the father of three beautiful biracial babies, of engaging in racism. We are sick of it. You can believe in a border without being a racist. You can believe in the, the country without being a racist. And this just shows how desperate this guy is for political power. I know you've been in office for 20 years, Tim, and I know it's a sweet gig, but you're so desperate not to have a real job that you'll slander me and slander my family. It's disgraceful.
And so if you ask me, that was a, a total KO. That was a, a total knockout. And there's a couple of things going on here. First of all, you know, the, um, the, the clip started and there was a little bit before that. So one of the talking points of, of the left, of, of, of people like Tim Ryan, is they want to say that when Republicans or even, uh, you know, people that are maybe even be left-leaning or whatever – that have issues with the flood of illegal immigration that is coming across our border right now, they accuse them of engaging in what they call the quote-unquote great replacement theory. The theory is that um, it's a racist, you know, white supremacist theory that, you know, all these people are coming to replace you, et cetera, et cetera, right? And so if you are talking about the border in this way and you are white, then you're a white supremacist and you're a racist and you're dealing in the great replacement theory, okay? Not to mention, and let alone the fact that if you watch even the most mainstream liberal commentators, they say this all the time, they say it on MSNBC, uh, they say it in all the liberal media, they talk about how Republicans are just old and white and they're dying, and we can't wait until they die out because then this young, new, diverse generation is going to come and they're going to you know, automatically be Democrats and they're going to keep Democrats in power forever, right? So this, these are the things that they actually say. Uh, so in essence, that's more replacement theory than anything else, right? And so what they do when people want to talk about securing the border is they smear them as racist. They smear them as white supremacists. Uh, they smear them as xenophobic. They smear these people as all of these different things just because they do not want an unchecked border with illegal immigrants who, by the way, do, do not speak the language, um, have no connection to the culture. And, and by the way, if we're going to be really honest here, get over to America and really have no interest in assimilating into American culture. They don't have to learn the language. There's people, you know, I split some of my time in Miami. It's a great place, but you can survive in places like Miami and places like New York and not speak a lick of English. So there's no real interest in coming to America for any other reason uh, than to get the free stuff that is being offered to them, you know, by Joe Biden, by all of these people. Look, I, you know, I'm in New York City part of the time as well. There are programs that are literally funded by my tax dollars. This is this is a very real thing that will direct illegal immigrants that show up to the resources, to housing resources, uh, to food stamp resources, to welfare resources, all of that other stuff. And so this idea that people that are in the United States illegally are not uh, getting this stuff, it's false. It, it, it's very real. Like you, All you have to do is live in New York City for five minutes um, and not speak English, and you will be directed to these things, okay? And so in this moment, and I do believe like this moment has gone totally viral, even that clip alone that I shared has gotten over 1.5 million views. And that does not even include it being shared, you know, in, in different places. So J.D. Vance is saying what so many people in this country have felt, which is stop calling me a racist, stop calling me xenophobic, stop calling me a white supremacist, stop calling me these things. Because I believe in a strong border. Because I believe that it is worth securing the United States border. All right? It's a garbage argument, and it's a garbage argument made by people who are unserious. It is made by people who have nothing else to offer to a conversation 
other than calling people racist or xenophobic or white supremacist or whatever, because the last decade in American life has taught us that that's all you need to shut a conversation down. That is what the left has learned over the past 10 to 12 years of public discourse. That is why things have gotten so crazy. It is ridiculous. People are tired of it. And one of the reasons that we are going to see Republicans take power again, now what they do with it is neither here nor there. But one of the reasons that we're about to see Republicans on the right take power again is because people are tired of this. There are even some people on the left that are tired of this stuff. Even Obama, just in an interview, I think that he said something about, uh, you know, the, the left is turning into buzzkills and, and everybody doesn't want to walk on eggshells about speech and stuff all the time. But this is literally the world that they have created, okay? And the vast majority of the American public thinking people, uh, normal people, just want to move away from that. That's why this country is about to go blood red. That's why the J.D. Vance clip is going viral. It's likely why he's about to be elected senator in Ohio. Um, That is exactly why. People are tired of this stuff. And, you know, the left and Democrats, they run these, these, these machine politicians like Tim Ryan, these people who've never done anything, these people who cannot just speak openly and honestly and eloquently about the real issues facing people's lives. And these people are taught, especially if you're Tim Ryan, if you're a white dude on the left, you better watch what you say. You better say Black Lives Matter. You better kneel. You better do everything because you know that this base that you've cultivated is just going to attack you for being white anyway. So these are the kinds of people that they have running on the left. And this is why from top to bottom, And I can do a whole episode on this. You know, I can talk about why Carrie Lake is likely going to win governor in Arizona, God willing. Uh, I can tell you why we're talking about J.D. Vance, why he is about to to win senator. I can tell you why there's likely no way that Fetterman in Pennsylvania is going to be elected over Dr. Oz. People are tired of this. They're tired of it. And so this moment is so indicative, this moment between J.D. Vance and Tim Ryan, is so indicative, I believe, of where this country is going. So if I was a Democrat, I would take a really long, hard look in the mirror and think about who you're elevating, think about what you're funding, think about what you're speaking of, think about all of this other stuff, because it is not working. You will not bully the American public into speaking a certain way or thinking a certain way or biting their tongue. Uh, You will not tell them that they're racist because they believe in a border. You will not control people in this way anymore. And they're going to show up at the voting booth on November 8th. And they're going to let you know just how tired of all of this they really are. Just like J.D. Vance did. It's a brilliant, brilliant move. And I think it just secured him that position. I think he'll be a great senator. And I'm actually looking forward to it. All right, coming up, folks, America has a military problem. It is multi-pronged. It is going to get us into some trouble. I'll tell you exactly what it is and how we can deal with it after the break. America, America has a problem. 
All right, that was <laughs> Beyonce actually has a song on her new album, Renaissance, called America Has a Problem. And I wanted to, you know, switch it up, make that a little intro, like that song. But yes, America does have a problem. America has a problem with uh, its military. America has a problem with weakness in the military right now. America has the pro- a problem with China um, bolstering up, you know, their military presence. Um, America has a very big problem with our military right now. And I'm going to read you a little something. Um, this is from the Wall Street Journal. It's called Z, uh, Xi Jinping's Endgame, a China prepared for conflict with the United States. And I just want to read you a, a little bit of this because this is, the, the, I mean, it, it is actually really scary. Um, from the Wall Street Journal. Mr. Xi has made clear that his overarching goal is to restore China to what he believes is its rightful place as a global player and peer of the United States. As a consequence, he has come to see the possibility of a showdown with the West as increasingly likely, according to people familiar with his thinking. Now he stands on the edge of a third five-year term in power that will likely secure ensure that his vision which is simultaneously assertive and defensive, will guide China for years and decades to come. Mr. Xi has reorganized the People's Liberation Army, doubled its budget, and began work to enhance China's nuclear arsenal. He has also launched a society-wide campaign to promote toughness, punish denigration of the military, and prevent young men from wasting time playing video games. All are meant to ensure China is ready to engage in combat, if necessary, for the first time since 1979, especially if elections in the U.S. and Taiwan in 2024 result in leaders willing to embrace independence for the island, the reddest of red lines for Mr. Xi. So now, all of this time, and, you know... When a lot of people talk about sort of this woke push in the military, I think that that's, you know, it's it's good cable news fodder. It's good for a segment. Um, I don't think that that is the issue with the United States military right now. I'm more concerned with the way the United States is viewed in the world right now. Uh, the United States is viewed in the world right now through a position of weakness. We are as weak seeming of a country as we have been, I think, since... I can really remember. Uh, The reasons for this are are multiple. First of all, uh, we have a very weak leader in the White House right now. Joe Biden is weak. Joe Biden is confused. Joe Biden is old. That man is about to turn 80 years old. He is slow. He, this report just came out. He spent more time on vacation uh, than any president in recent memory. Yes, that includes Trump. All right. And, this is what I what I tell a lot of people on the right. You know, if you're, you know, follow me on Twitter, or Instagram or whatever and listen to the podcast, there's all these videos with, you know, Joe Biden tripping over his words via teleprompter. He doesn't know where he's going. He has to be guided somewhere by the Easter Bunny. It's all ridiculous. And, and we all see this, of course. And, you know, when there's a Democrat in the White House, you're not allowed to say all these things. But, you know, when Trump tripped up the uh, slippery... Air Force One stairs while it was raining. We were treated to entire news cycles about his fitness for for the presidency, right? And so people are seeing this. You know, we can see this stuff in America right now. But you know what? Our adversaries and our enemies can see this too. 
So what this is, is a show of strength from China. And, and listen to, to this part, and I, I want to read this part of this, this article again. He has launched a society-wide campaign to promote toughness, punish denigration of the military, and prevent young men from wasting time playing video games. Now compare that to what we're promoting in America right now. Now, obviously, you know, punishing denigration of the military is, is a little bit far. You know, they don't call it the Communist Party of China for nothing. But the military is also having a problem recruiting right now as well. And, yeah, I did outnumbered yesterday. And, and we had talked about this, and I, and I wanted to do this as a longer-term segment. Sometimes, you know, when you're in between, when you're five people on a couch in a four-minute segment, you can't really dig deep into this. But this is what I said, and this is why... The military is having a recruiting problem right now. If you think about the last decade in America, what have we been taught about America? What is the media? What is the overarching message about America that is being pushed to our young people? That America is racist, sexist, homophobic, white supremacist. That we had that that um, our our founding fathers are bad. That they were all racist. That our history means nothing. People are tearing down statues. Uh, that a sense of pride in America is somehow inherently fundamentally racist and white supremacist. On top of all of that, you are promoting, or the mainstream has promoted, this hatred of law enforcement, this hatred of military, all of this other stuff. When these two things come together, is it any wonder why people don't want to join the military right now? So if you're a young person right now and, and you're somebody that's, you know, I joined the military when I was 17 years old, right? To serve, to, to get out of my small town in Ohio, to see the world, to do all these different things. So if you're a young person right now and you are aimless, the military is not going to be an option for you because you have been fed all of this propaganda about how terrible America is and about how terrible, you know, all this stuff is, right? And so think about, again, what are we promoting in America? It's certainly not toughness. Uh, it's certainly not an embrace of traditional masculinity. Uh, young men are told that their masculinity is bad. They're told that it is toxic. They're told that they're evil. They're told that they're wrong. They're told that they are bad. <laughs> they're, they're, you know, they're, they're told to be women nowadays. So, so there's all that going on. And then also... And, and sometimes when I get into this, you know, I, I get not in trouble for this, but people don't understand what I'm saying when I say that this push of legalizing marijuana, this push to just make it cool somehow that people are just smoking weed all the time everywhere. And maybe it's different for me because I'm in New York City right now. I was walking to the gym this morning. It's like, and I, I hit the gym early this morning because I had to be like on set at 11 a.m. It's like I spent a lot of time in the gym. It's like my, my zone, my zoning time. So anyway, like I'm waking up at 630. You know, I'm walking to the gym about, I would say like 7 a.m. And there's somebody sitting on a stoop. It's like 7 a.m. in the morning and he's already smoking weed. I'm like, what the, f like what? You're smoking weed at 7 in the morning? But this is what we're telling our young people to do. And this is why if we don't make a fundamental change to not only our culture, um, how we speak about America, how we're talking about America, all of this other stuff, we will be behind. And there's also this move in the military to where now 
we are lessening the standards. We're lowering the bar uh, for people in our military. We're lowering the the, the physical fitness bar. Uh, we're lowering the qualifications. We're lowering the standards. Do you think China is lowering their standards? Uh, do you think China is increasing the weight limit for their people to serve in the military? Absolutely not. So this is indicative of a culture shift that needs to happen in America. And if we do not start engaging in this cultural shift, if we don't start shifting towards a love of country, um, an appreciation of our history, a respect, and an admiration of who we are as a country, you know, regardless of our differences, we have differences, differences in opinion, differences in, I don't know, skin color and religion and, and sexual orientation, all that crap. But if we don't start thinking about the ways in which Americans can come together and we don't start really engendering sort of a love of country, then we are going to be susceptible, susceptible to this stuff. And, you know, people like China know this. And so, yeah, if that little segment of the Wall Street Journal article that I read makes the, you know, hair on the back of your neck stand up, it should. It's scary stuff. And I don't know that we have that much longer to right the ship on this. But what I hope is that coming up in a couple of weeks, I hope that when this country sends a very strong signal that we are going red, I hope that our culture catches up and I hope that we start riding this ship a little bit because if not, I'm telling you, if not, it's going to be game over because these people sense weakness. In America right now is very weak. We don't have to continue to be weak, but right now we are. And our adversaries are definitely 100% without a doubt taking notice. And that should make you very afraid. All right, coming up, the Late Late Show host, James Corden, was caught being an absolute jerk at a famed New York City restaurant and was banned by its owner in a very public way. I'm going to break that entire story down for you after the break. All right, Problematics, welcome back. All right, let's get into some culture. I think this is something that kind of affects everybody. So, the host of uh, the Late Late Show, a guy named James Corden, who I think that the only, I, I think that I saw, you know, they did a really, really, really terrible movie version of Cats. I think that's the only thing I've ever seen him in. I've never watched the Late Late Show. You know, he's just one of those people that is just foisted upon us by the powers that be. And even though if you've never seen anything that he's really in, you just know who he is because he's just, you know, some executive somewhere decided that he's going to be the thing. And then they're just going to shove him, shove him in our faces. Anyway, he was recently banned by from a New York City French food hotspot called Baltazar. By the way, this is not an endorsement of Baltazar. If you ever come to New York City, don't go to Baltazar. Um, it's not good. It's alleged French food. The food's not good. Uh, you wait forever to to get your food. Uh, it's very crowded. I guess it's a hot spot uh, for Hollywood celebrities and models and stuff like that. But those people don't eat food anyway. So <laughs> I don't. There is no reason to go to Baltazar. So anyway, this is what the owner of Baltazar had to say 
on Instagram. He did a post. I'm going to read you this whole thing. It's actually very interesting. James Corden is a hugely gifted comedian. This is from the Instagram post of the owner of Baltazar, a man named Keith McNally. James Corden is a hugely gifted comedian, but a tiny cretin of a man and the most abusive customer to my Baltazar servers since the restaurant opened 25 years ago. I don't often 86 a customer, but today I 86 Corden. It did not make me laugh. Here are two examples of the funny man's treatment of my staff. Manager's report number one. In June, James Corden was here on table 61. After eating his main course, Corden showed the hair to Baltazar manager, who was very apologetic. Corden was extremely nasty to said manager and said, get us another round of drinks this second and also take care of all of our drinks so far. This way I write any, I won't write any nasty reviews and Yelp or anything like that. Number two, and this one is, this one's funny. James Corden was at Baltazar with his wife on October 9th for brunch. He asked for a table outside. Uh, brunch took the party to table 301. Mr. Corden's wife ordered an egg yolk omelet with Gaier cheese and salad. James called their server and said that there's a little bit of egg white mixed with the egg yolk. The kitchen remade the dish but sent it out with home fries instead. That's when James Corden began yelling like crazy to the server. You can't do your job. You can't do your job. Maybe I should go in the kitchen and cook the omelet myself. Manager was very apologetic, brought the manager over to the table. He returned the dish. After that, everything was fine. He gave them promo champagne glasses. He said that Corden was present to the manager, but nasty to the server. Server was very shaken, but professional is that she is. She continued to finish her shift. Okay, so basically, this is the truth. This is the truth about who this person is. He's a jerk. And for me, and like probably many of you that are listening... Um, I've worked at, as wait staff before. I've waited tables. I've bartended. Uh, I cater waitered after grad school. I've done it all. And there's nothing that is worse than somebody who turns their nose up at you and acts that they, you are totally beneath them because you're in a service position. It just makes you feel like crap. And I've been made to feel like that when I was in a service position, and I try not to make anybody ever feel like that. In fact, for me, if I'm meeting new people or if I'm out with friends or if I'm on a date or whatever, one of my main judges of character of people is how they treat waitstaff. Like, how does this person treat a server? Um, How does this person treat the person that's ringing up their groceries? Because it doesn't cost anything to just, like, not be a jerk. But apparently this person could not be a jerk. But here's the thing, though. And this is the the rub with this story. So the update is this. The Keith McNally has now rescinded the 86. He said he's welcome in Baltazar now that Corden has called him and apologized profusely, quote unquote. And so this this is the story here. Um, so this is what he said. Anyone magnanimous enough to apologize to a deadbeat layabout like me and my staff doesn't deserve to be banned from anywhere, especially Baltazar. Uh, and this is why I don't like this. First of all, the man, James Corden, didn't go to Baltazar, didn't apologize to wait staff. He didn't go apologize to the manager. Um, he reached out to the owner, the person that had the power to make this a nationwide trending story, by the way, and it, this was everywhere. This was everywhere. So he doesn't go 
and talk to the people that he actually humiliated and actually apologize to them, he goes to the guy at the top. So this tells me that he was getting some bad PR and that he wanted to get out in front of it. And it's already nipped in the bud. All right, because the, the guy that owns, you know, Baltazar, again, a crap restaurant. <laughs> They're never advertising on this podcast. Um, so the guy has now forgiven him and all this other stuff. So this is what I think. Somebody got paid. There was some sort of pay. There was something. Some money exchanged hands somewhere. And he was just like, make this go away. And poof, the guy made it go away. No word from whoever the servers are. No word from any of the managers that he berated. Oh, and by the way, if he was like this at Baltazar, I have the feeling that there's going to be a whole bunch of other stories coming out now. And that will be very interesting. So, you know, look, I, you know, I, I watch the Hollywood stuff. I engage in the content and all that stuff, too. So I don't, like, spend a whole lot of my time bashing, you know, Hollywood actors, celebrities, et cetera, et cetera. But just you know, be kind, be nice. A lot of people are on edge, you know, post COVID. I think that, you know, people are at each other's throats because of social media and because of COVID and because of, you know, current thing activism, where if you don't feel the right way about this or that or that or blah, 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 whatever, you're canceled. I don't believe in canceling people. You know, James, you can't cancel somebody. (laughs) This guy's net worth is like, I don't know, $38 million or something like that. Somebody that rich can't be canceled. But they can be humbled, and they can be taught to be better. So let's hope that Corden does not only apologize to the owner with all the power, maybe he could, you know, send some flowers and maybe a couple of gift cards uh, to the staff that he berated. Maybe nice. All right, Problematics, thank you so much for joining me once again. You can listen to Can't Cancel Rob Smith every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday on iHeart Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Rob Smith Online, and I will see you next time.